learning each other. So that's, I love it. I think uh, if I was to get uh, an immediate sum of money that was insurmountable, I would, uh, one, um, obviously tithe off of it. Because um, obviously the Lord, you know, he gives, he, he gives us, he only asks for 10% of what's really his, you know, and he gets, lets us keep the rest of the 90. So um, I think I would tithe and then I would call Dave Ramsey. If you don't know who he is, he's a financial kind of guru, a Christian guy, um, real solid. I, I love his books that he, he has out. Um, but anyways, I would call him and I would ask him what it would cost to have him fly out to to meet me, right? You know, where, where I'll go meet him somewhere and I'd ask him what I should do with it because um, I think he'd probably give me some good wisdom on that. And uh, no, I, before that, I'd probably ask my wife, what do you think we should do with this? You know, so uh, and then spend some on her and then and then do what Dave Ramsey says. So. Got to take care of my wife. So, uh, with that said, oh, okay. So I guess maybe, maybe I'd. Oh, okay. I'd probably ask Sal to take us to dinner then, and just you know, if just we'll give you the money, but just take us to dinner. Um, so first of all, I just want to reiterate what Sal said about Memorial Day. Um, I had a video set up, but it's not working. So it's all right. Technology doesn't work sometimes, and that's fine. Um, but I just want to say thank you if you served in our country. Uh, if has anyone served in our country? Would you just raise your hand and? Anyone? Any veterans? Thank you. We got one. Yes. Thank you for what you've done. So, um, I know I have a lot of family members. Um, my grandfather, well actually both of my grandfathers, my adopted grandfather, who is my wife's grandfather and my personal grandfather, or my blood grandfather, uh, both served um, served in the military. So, thank you. But more important, that's more veterans because they're still alive. Memorial is really obviously remembering those that have died for for what you know, what the freedom that we have, um, and the uh, the cost of that, and it's just uh, they're more of a man than I am because I don't think I would give my life right now if, if somebody asked, you know, hey, go fight in Afghanistan. I'd say no, I'm gonna stay here with my kids and my wife. And to be honest, I mean, I really, I, you know, I don't know if I would do it. Um, so I just want to thank them. So uh, actually, no, let's just let's just if you know someone that was in the military that's passed away, let's just honor them right now with like maybe a moment of silence, real quick. Let's just do that. Just think about them. So Jesus, I just pray for families, Lord, that we're thinking about right now that maybe have lost someone. Um, I'm personally thinking about that Wounded Warrior Project and those guys that, you know, come home and they're, they're marred and they, they walk with a impairment or something was wrong with their body that wasn't before and they, they gave it up for us. Um, we just thank you for them, Lord. We pray for their families of people that have lost family members today, tomorrow, that you'd be with them, comfort them. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. Uh, do we got that video? You want to show that real quick? Just we'll watch this real quick.
Yeah. Hey, Pastor Jared's here, everybody. Glad you're here. Um, so thank you for serving our country, and uh, just remember those that have given their life for what we have today. So um, transitioning now into uh, the message. Um, I don't have the, there you go, the greatest treasure. So today uh, I'd like to share with you on, uh, we're going to finish off uh, Matthew chapter 6. That's where uh, Pastor Jared left off last week. Um, so if you want to turn there, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 uh, till the end. Uh, but uh, today I kind of want to focus on the greatest treasure and what, what is the greatest treasure. When you think of, if I say, what is the greatest treasure, um, what does that mean to you? And I don't mean like, you know, you know, geologically, where would it be? Was it in the, you know, is it in the ocean? Is it in a museum? You know, to you, what does that mean, you know, right now uh, in your life? So if you, can you go to the next slide for me? Uh, what is it? Define it for yourself. So I want to just take like 30 seconds, a half a minute. And meditate on that. Think about it. What is the greatest treasure? Um, what is it to you? Where is your desire in this life? Um, what do you desire most? Or, or what, the Bible, as the Bible says, what, you know, where is your heart? Uh, so think about that for just, you know, 30 seconds. Think, well, where is your heart? with that said uh, for some of us it might be in our family I know uh, that's probably pretty important to me that'd be probably up there on the top of my list my wife and my kids are my treasure um, at least I, I feel like they've been given to me from God um, or maybe it's your career for those you know some folks just they have a desire to, 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 to be successful in their career and they go to you know go ahead and go to the next one they go to school education is very important to them um, I know my previous uh, the job that I had when I lived, before we moved here, um, one of my, my bosses had, uh, you know, two master's degrees, two bachelor's degrees, a doctorate degree, and she was just brilliant in her life. She actually, her, she used to tell me, um, education is my savior, or was my savior. Um, she's a Christian, but uh, she, for her, getting out of where she grew up and, and kind of that thing, that was her, that was her, you know, that's her treasure. Uh, maybe your treasure is to travel. You know, you want to, man, I just want to travel the world, and I want to, you know, what, you know, what is your treasure? Or down at the bottom, you know, what is it? You know, maybe it's not any of those that I mentioned, but we all have something in our hearts that we desire more than anything. Um, so the question I pose to you today is, what is the greatest treasure? Um, so let's, uh, let's jump into Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Um, I'll read it out loud if you want to follow along. Um, so let's start. Uh, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can go to that next slide. Got a little, uh, <laughs> a little cartoon I found. Um, for some people that you know think they could take their treasure with them in this life to the next life. You know, hook up a U-Haul to the back of your hearse, and uh, when you're going to the uh, <laughs> um, to the cemetery, maybe uh, maybe you get to keep it with you. Kind of like the pharaohs, you know, they bury the pharaohs with all the gold, and because they thought they'd get to take it with them to the afterlife um, and whatnot. So, okay, next slide, uh, verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be will be full of light. 
But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Next slide. Verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in, barn, in, any, away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about, your, about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we, wear, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that knows that you need them. <clears throat> but seek first the kingdom of uh, the kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be uh, given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So uh, that's kind of a lot to swallow, and we're going to now go back through it, and we'll break it down a little bit more. Um, so going back to verse 19, the beginning, talking about treasures in heaven, um, uh, I, just, I just couldn't help but think about kind of uh, what's, what's been kind of going on in the news over the past you know, year uh, regarding money in the world and what we would consider treasure, you know, the euro, the dollar, and all, everything's up and down, and it's kind of like, um, <laughs> I'm thinking of a neighbor we have, uh, this guy thinks the world's ending you know, in September, he says that there's FEMA camps all over the United States, he has a map of them. Um, it's going to be martial law. Um, he's definitely not a believer in the Lord. Obviously, you know, the guy's thinking the world's going to end, and he has no hope, and I just can't help but, man, I just feel for the guy. You know, I want to just tell him, no, there is hope, and that he has no hope, you know, and, but it's because he has his faith or his trust in the things of the world, the treasures of the world that do fluctuate, you know, like, you know, gold today is worth, I think, like, what, $1,500 an ounce or something like that. You know, 10 years from now, it might be down. Uh, it might be up again, you know, the Lord tearing that we're here and all that good stuff. You know, it's going to go up and down. But um, storing up treasures in heaven. Uh, let's, let's, let's go back over that and let's kind of elaborate on that. So do not store up for yourself uh, treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where the thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves... Uh, sorry. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So let me... Uh, catch up here in my notes um, if you're looking at treasure oh okay um, treasure on earth versus treasure in heaven one's temporal and one is eternal um, and I'm, I'm going to give you some awesome points this morning on uh, how to store up treasure in heaven because we think okay well you know how do you store up treasure in heaven you know what does it mean um, to store up treasure in heaven and not only that I think 
um, I, 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 got, I got some insight just from, from my life of hearing other ministers and, and, and men of God that have spoken into my life about how to not only store up treasures in heaven, but what can you take to heaven? Because there are things that we can take with us. And you might think, whoa, whoa, whoa hold, hold on a second. That's hypocrisy. You're lying. You know, what are you doing? But I'm going to show you. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll look at that. So um, you can go to the next slide. So um, this does not mean uh, we are to live in poverty here on earth. Uh, this is a sin as we are called to produce and multiply here on earth. Um, and we, we know that from the parable of the talents. You know, the parable of the talents. One got five, one got ten, one got one. Jesus came, or Jesus tells the story that, you know, the, the, the master came back and asked, what would you do with them? The guy who buried it, you know, he ended up getting his taken away. So we know that in life, we are called to produce as Christians. Now, uh, I don't mean the word poverty as, you know, a lot of us may think of it, of being, you know, uh, someone may be in like a third world country, Asia, or even North Korea. Um, I'm sure there's Christians there that love Jesus more than... Uh, more than I'll ever love them, and they may—they—they live in poverty. They have nothing, um, as far as their means, you know, financially. But I think those people are—they're reproducing themselves. They're seeing more people come to Christ in, in third world countries than we're, we're seeing in America, and that's a part of being a Christian. We're called to produce, to multiply. It's in our blood. It's in our nature. Um, I do believe in America. Um, we are not to live in that type of poverty. Um, that doesn't mean that we're not there right now or we may, may go through seasons where God is teaching us something, but we're always supposed to multiply and grow. I know that's been true in my own life as I've served the Lord um, for my short years that I've been known that I've known Him. Um, and I've also, I always, I just, I, I gravitate towards people that are better than me uh, because I, when I'm surrounded by people that are better than me, like Jared, um, I, 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 I rise to the occasion. It's just like, an, it's, it's part of my nature. I believe it's part of your nature. Um, even like Sal, uh, you know, the guy, I just admire him. He's a professor of mathematics. I just think, that's crazy. I, <laughs> I don't get it. I couldn't do it. You know, trigonometry, calculus, all that stuff. I just, yeah. But I'm thankful he can, he can you know. And if, he, if I get around him, I'm going to go on, you know, Wikipedia and learn something about calculus. Wow, you know, the founder of calculus. And, and try to sound like I'm smart. But anyways, um, these, uh, these are two of my mentors that I've had that I, uh, I kind of switched up their names a little bit just because out of respect for them. Um, I didn't, they, this is what they've told me personally. Um, one probably wouldn't care. The other kind of asked, you know, that I would not openly say his name because he doesn't want credit. But um, this is, these are Christians that have attained great wealth here on earth, um, uh, storing up treasures in heaven and on earth. So uh, this guy named Steve, names changed on that one. He told me um, on multiple occasions uh, to work hard at where God has you and he will multiply what, what you have given him or what you have to and, and give. Um, I was able, this is him saying, I was able to negotiate a deal with public officials for state property and build an $800,000 church cash for the kingdom. No debt for that pastor. Praise God. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Uh, Steve? I almost said his real name. Um, wait, you mean that you, uh, you, you, you built a church for $800,000 out of your pocket and you gave the keys to, to, uh, to another person and he said yeah actually the guy didn't even know he was supposed to be the pastor he told me he didn't want to be a pastor but I knew he was called to be a pastor and I told him I built you a church and here are the keys and uh, lo and behold the guy went to Bible college like a year later and he's like 30 he's like 35 45 years old um, and now he pastors the church and that's that's in California uh, Northern California where I'm from um, another guy um, Kelly um, he told me I never meant Frankie I never meant to become a millionaire I just gave everything I had and the Lord blessed it um, and uh this guy, he, 
if, if you can imagine having you know finances at any and, and getting anything you want, he has it. Um, and he told me, um, he actually told me also. He says, you know, I still don't because I told him I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be, and I'm in this process, and you know, I kind of still feel like I'm feeling, I'm still in it. Um, but he said, Frankie, I'm you know, I'm 45 years old, and I'm still trying to figure it out. And I was like, what are you talking about? You you uh, you're successful. You're a businessman. And he says, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do though. And I was like. It just triggered something in my mind, like, okay, well, that doesn't mean that I'm not, I'm supposed to just stay here and be where I'm at. That, I'm supposed to also, I'm supposed to keep pushing forward and doing, you know, what the Lord has in my hand. What tools does he put in my hands and grow where I'm planted and, and then he'll uproot me and take me somewhere else. And that's, I, that's, that's been, that was key in my life. Grow where you're planted. Uh, the Lord spoke that to me like six years ago. I was digging tr- trenches, or maybe eight years ago, I was digging trenches and I thought I was born for more than this. And the Lord said, grow where you're planted. And I'm like, I don't want to grow here. I, I hate Stockton, California. I hate it. There's nothing. Uh, actually, uh, Pastor Jared sent me a thing like maybe three years ago that it was ranked as the, the most miserable city to live in by Forbes magazine or something like that. Or one of those big, you know, big magazines. And I'm thinking, yeah, it is. You know, like it's horrible here. There's nothing good here. And I, I always admired my wife for following me there and loving me. And, you know, um, that's where we lived before we came here. But the Lord did bless me and he did call us and he moved us here he uprooted me um he actually gave me a picture when he, when the word came he gave me a picture of um uh, of a plant that was at a nursery being planted as seeds um and then uh and then taken from the nursery and bought by home depot i just pictured home depot and then someone came to home depot and bought it and they took it and they put it as the centerpiece in their house um, and that was what I what I seen as soon as the Lord gave me that, and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm supposed to grow here in the nursery, and then you're going to take me somewhere else, and then eventually I'll be where I'm supposed to be. Um, and I still don't feel like I'm there yet, and it's kind of frustrating to be honest. Um, but I'm pushing forward, and I'm in the process. So, um, and actually, you know, I, I grabbed this little piece of acorn outside I, I, before during worship. I just felt like the the thought came. I don't know if it was the Lord speaking to me. I'm going to say it was, um, but I'm very careful when saying that Jesus said this to tell you because. It, that's a very, very heavy thing to carry. Um, but I felt like, I just pictured, this isn't necessarily the acorn for the, the oak tree. It's the, kind of the, the hood of the, the acorn. Um, but, um, you know, from this, from this little thing, and you figure the seeds may be that big, grows a huge oak tree that is gorgeous. Um, but it all started from a little seed, you know. And uh, I just think it's amazing how God um, puts in us seeds that eventually grow and we're going to talk more about that but grow into something that is that lasts that outlasts definitely our lifetime um, from something little so um, uh, last quote down there uh, people afraid of failure will always work for those that are willing to fail <laughs> that are not willing yeah not willing to fail wait that doesn't make sense not willing to fail that are willing to fail that's what I meant to write and I apologize for that um, just pretend that's not there um, but that's very true. So in this life, I, I just wanted to uh, definitely hit that and run that point home. That treasures on, in heaven doesn't mean that we're to neglect this life and to say, oh, well, you know, God's coming back soon. So it doesn't matter what I'm going to do here because it doesn't matter. No, that's not true. The truth is um, we, we get to experience him forever here on this earth and in this life and, and to have him change us and to mold us and to develop us. Um, I think that's a gift of salvation and I think that's that's something that's huge about seeing a young child and I love all the children we have in church here just because they get to see they get to live their whole lives for Jesus they get to learn about him from you know being a wee lad you know all the way to their old and I love seeing elderly people get you know come to the Lord but they don't get to experience him like a child does 
And so I think that's, that's so, so, so imperative in our lives that we, you know, we always just believe and breathe life into our children and speak life over them because um, they get to know them forever. Um, and all of us are still breathing. I'm sure a lot of us got multiple years ahead of us. So let's, let's get to know him better. So, all right, next slide. Um, verse 22, the eyes of the lamp, the eyes, the eyes, the eye is the lamp of the body. Sorry. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you, either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Uh, you can go to the next slide. I just want to jump back over verse 22. The eyes, the lamp of the body, the eyes are... If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are, are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Um, I've heard it called the eye gate by one of my favorite preachers in the world. His name is Corey Russell. Um, the, the guy is amazing. But he calls it the eye gate and he talks about guarding the eye gate. Um, and I, I just, I agree, it's true. Think about what you're thinking about. Watch what you let in. Your beliefs can change based on what is being consumed by your eyes and where your treasure is. Um, Dr. Miles Monroe, another great, great uh, man of God, uh, he holds three doctorates, two master's degrees and two bachelor's degrees. Um, uh, I believe he holds a master's degree in education. And he, he talks about education and, and one of the things that stands out, and he, he hits it home, he says, we learn our thoughts. And that's a part of education is, is teaching a philosophy that you then build upon um, your learning processes and how you, how you grow and how you interpret the world. Um, and so uh, with that said, by knowing that we learn our thoughts, um, we, can, we can change that by relearning um, our thoughts. And that's, I think that's what we do when we read the Word is Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit washes us and washes us. And it's a process because, you know what, um, it doesn't always come like you want it to. You know, like, there's times when you're just reading the Bible um, and it just jumps out at you. Or you hear somebody else that talks about it and you're like, damn, I want to, I, I, you know, I want to be like that. Um, but then, you know, you go and read and it's like, you know, it, 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 it's as dead as the fly that you killed that's laying on the floor in your, you know, living room. I mean, it's just like, man, this is not... How is this going to change me? How, you know? Um, but I, I want to remind you that we don't, we're not called to live by our feelings. Those are important. God gave them to us for a reason. But we got to just persevere through that. Um, and uh, I, I'll be honest, you know, studying for this message, it was like, man, Lord, this is tough. You know, like, I'm like praying and I'm like fasting and I'm like doing all these things to like hear your voice. And um, I didn't say that so you guys would think highly of me. I just wanted to, I'm being, I want to be transparent with you. Um, but I just thought, man, Lord, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting anything from you. But I'm going to persevere through. And this morning I woke up and it was like, I had a confidence in knowing that, you know, um, that he's called me to do this today. And I'm going to walk in that and, and he's going to do something. And, uh, um, yeah. So it doesn't always come right away, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Um, verse 25, do not worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, the way you eat or drink. Or about your body, what you will wear is not more than food and the body more than, I'm sorry, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Uh, just reading that, it's kind of like, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. It would have been easy for, you know, for us to say, God, what are you talking about? Um, if, if he would have given that to us through like Moses or someone like that. But he gave it through Jesus who actually lived as a human being um, and, and walked as we walk. And it's like, okay, Lord, well... 
don't worry. What are you talking about? But he's, I'm here with you. I, I walked this life like you did. I'm telling you not to worry. Um, and he gives us kind of a, a layout of how to do that. Um, look at the birds of the air. They, don't, they, do, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Um, I've heard it said uh, that, uh, you know, well, when you, when you worry about things, it never happens. So the, the, the fact of worrying is that when you worry about it, it doesn't happen, so it works. And I'm like, you know, no, that doesn't make sense. You know, you think about all the energy you burn and waste on worrying. Um, uh, I worry about my children all the time. I, uh, uh, I think that's probably a burden that the Lord's given me to teach me, on, uh, teach me how to give Him burdens, um, if that makes sense. Uh, I, when they are sick, I literally become physically sick. I don't know how to explain it. I, 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 my stomach turns. I don't eat. I get, I, I get skinny. <laughs> I, um, and I just, I'm like tormented by these thoughts. And I just, I'm jumping, you know, my son coughs. And I'm thinking, oh no, you know, oh Lord, his lungs are filling with water. He's going to have, you know, pulmonary. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, like what? You know, I jump to the worst case conclusion. Um, and I, maybe, you know, before I, I, I was a firefighter or a volunteer firefighter and I went to the fire academy, so I got to see some crazy stuff. And so maybe that's where I get the thoughts from. But I, I don't know, I, but I worry about them. And uh, the Lord's teaching me even now to give Him those worries. Um, my, father, my father, two years ago, had a massive heart attack. Um, he had a quadruple bypass. He's only 47 when it happened, or he was only 47. Um, and uh, I know I have high cholesterol. And so, I, you know, when he had that, I thought, oh, man. I'm going to have a heart attack when I'm 45 and 47. You know, I cut red meat out of my diet. And, you know, I'm a man. I'm, I, I need red meat. Uh, I live on it. I, if I, you know, put salad on the table and have meat on the table, you can have all the salad you want. <laughs> I'll take the meat. Um, that has changed a little bit because of that. But, you know, I, I, even now I worry about it. You know, when I'm, I, I, I've, been, I've been doing this, this little regimen at the gym and I'm trying to run a certain amount of miles every time I go. Um, and, and even, even every time I run, that fear hits me of a heart attack. You're going to drop right here and have a heart attack. And I'm like, no, Lord. I just, you know, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I have the mind of Christ, and I need to walk in that. And uh, it's, a constant, it's a constant walking out. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a one step at a time, one day at a time. And that, that's going to be coming up too in a minute. Um, all right. So I got the word, the Greek word. We know that the New Testament's written in the Greek. The Greek word worry here is, is uh, meramano. Um, and it means to be anxious, to be troubled with cares, to care for, look out for a thing, to seek, uh, to promote one's interests, uh, caring or providing. Uh, you can go to the next slide. And here are some other areas that where, where that word meromano is used in Scripture. Oh, can you go back, uh, like, right there, yep. Uh, these are, this is where it's used elsewhere in Scripture, so it's the same word. Um, Luke 10 41 says and Jesus answered and said to her Martha Martha you are worried and troubled about many things so the word worried there is the same thing uh, same word used here in Matthew um, chapter 6 um, when, he, when he told Martha you're worried about many things she was trying to do everything around the house and get ready for, you know because Jesus was there and, and that kind of thing Philip, uh, Philippians 4 6 be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God so there the word isn't used as worry it's used as anxious so we can, we can also be, um, Jesus also tells us not just to worry, but it also translated means, you know, to be anxious. So um, he's teaching me about anxiousness because believe me, I want to, uh, I, I thought I was going to be, you know, one of in my heart I feel I'm supposed to own businesses. Um, and I, uh, I, you know, I'm like barely starting and I'm like, Lord, 
I'm anxious for this thing. You put it in my heart. Why am I not doing it yet? You know, why am I not successful? Um, and I get that's and I battle and then I think, well, okay, it's not. I can't yell at you, so I'm gonna go get mad at myself. You know, and I go get and then I and then I come back and I'm down and my wife's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm having these thoughts again. She's like, stop thinking like that. That's not the mind of Christ. So, anyways, all right, next. Verse, uh, chapter 33, sorry, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, one day at a time. That's what I'm getting from that second, you know, verse, verse 35, 34, sorry. Um, don't worry about tomorrow. It has enough worries of itself. You know, focus on today. Plan for tomorrow, but don't worry about it. Um, Dave Ramsey says uh, people don't fail. He's talking about people that are about to retire because he's a financial guy. But he says people don't fa plan to fail. They fail to plan. So we've got to make sure we're planning. Not just for ourselves, but for our children, our children's children, that kind of thing. All right, next. The, word, the Greek word here uh, for seek because I thought that was important. You know, seek ye first the kingdom and all these things are going to be given to me. So I want to seek it. What is seek? What does that mean? So literally means uh, to seek in order to find, to seek a thing, to seek in order to find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning, to inquire into, to seek after, seek for, to aim at, to strive after, um, to, to seek, to require, to demand. Demand. Wow, we could, we could when we pray, we can ask the Lord, um, you know, you promised that you would do these things. Your word says it right here. Um, so I, I'm, show me what, 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 what is it that I, what, this thing that I'm craving, the treasure in my heart, the things that I desire after. Um, that demand and the prayer, man, that's, I just, that just jumped out at me as I was reading it. And then A, this is really what jumped out at me, to crave, demand something from someone. Um, to crave, to seek to crave. Oh, I crave to for that day when I uh, am walking in my destiny more fully. Um, I feel like I'm doing it now. I know I'm, I'm in the will of God for my life, but I know that I am someday soon. I'm on a mission. I'm going to get there. Um, uh, it's amazing how he doesn't call the equipped. He kind of equips the called. I really don't feel like I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm eloquent enough. I'm educated enough or... Uh, whatever, you know, however you might sum it up to be up here right now. I don't. But it's like he he, he doesn't look at doesn't look at our, our abilities, our talents, and and then say, Oh, you you you're qualified. He says, No, you know, I'm gonna call Moses who uh, you know who ran away because he killed somebody, but he stood up for one person, one Egyptian, and I'm not gonna call him to save one Egyptian. I want him to save every Egyptian. I'm sorry, Israelite. Or he calls someone like, you know, Joseph, a little scrawny guy that has older brothers. And, and he tells his brothers foolishly about his dream. And he probably shouldn't have said it, but he did. And he says, no, I'm still going to use him. And it's like, when I think of God's plan for our lives, it's like, it's like pouring out water. Water will always go to the lowest point, right? So it's going to get there. You can try to stop it here, but it's going to find its way down this way. It's going to, or you look at like water, how it runs down, like cracks in, in houses or it always it, it finds a way and if it doesn't have a way this way it'll it'll figure out another way or it'll sit there until it can go and it's like I think that's that's like the will of God for our lives it, he'll make a way no matter what dumb decision we make 
or good decision we make. I say probably more dumb than good for myself. Uh, you could speak for yourself. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like he, his plan, it, it, it's, it's like that water. It's going to get there. Okay, son, uh, yeah, yeah, you messed up here, but guess what? I, got, I can do it here. You know, it's like the, the, line, the genealogy of Jesus. There's a prostitute in the genealogy of Jesus. I forget her name, but I know there's a prostitute in there. Like, what, who would have thought the Son of God would have a descendant who was a prostitute? You know? It's like, well, okay, God, I guess you can use anybody. Um, so anyways, I crave for that purpose in my life. Um, that's used elsewhere in Scripture in Luke 2, 48. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done, why, uh, sorry, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. This is when Jesus um, was in the temple um, learning and, and, and listening to the, the, the teachers and they were looking frantically for him. And he says, Mom, why are you anxious? I, you know, I, I'm, with, I'm here. Uh, Luke 10, 41. Jesus answered and said to her, uh, Martha, Martha, you're worried about many, uh, troubled about many things. Um, oh, I just went over that, didn't I? Worry. Um, I was supposed to be seek. Sorry. Next, next uh, slide. Treasure in heaven. I want to go back to that to show you the treasure box. What is the what is the ultimate treasure? Next slide. Um, before we get to ultimate, let's look at what uh, how you can store treasure in heaven. How do you how do you store treasure in heaven? One by doing everything until the glory of God here on earth. Um. I got a quote there a, uh, by a pretty cool guy led me to Jesus. <laughs> he said, uh, this is my favorite quote. It says, I will keep my body powerful, my desire intense. I will create a new definition of the word passion and continue to cherish my belief that every inspired drop of sweat is an investment in the perfection to the glory of God. Um, number two there says, uh, by walking in the Holy Spirit daily and allowing Him to change, to change you, um, and I wanted to read that Galatians 5.16 real quick. <clears throat> if you want to turn there, you feel free to turn there. Alright. Galatians 5.16 says, uh, this is the New King James. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lust. I'm going to keep reading. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you were led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So just by walking in the spirit, and what does that like mean, like practically for us every day? It's like, you know, okay, that sounds cool, but what is it? Well, I think it's, you know, when when somebody cuts you off in traffic, which happens out here in New England. <laughs> um, or someone, act, yesterday I was driving and somebody, uh, you know, somebody was supposed to turn left. He was in front to turn left, but he had to wait, didn't have the arrow. And the guy behind him wasn't happy, honked at him and just cut out and went around him. And I was just like, man, people are crazy out here. But it's like, you know, when those things happen, um, walking in the Spirit is saying, oh, Holy Spirit, you know, maybe that guy has somewhere to go quicker than I need to be where I need to be. Bless him and keep him safe today. And I think that's, rather than getting, you know, you know, trying to give him the, you know, California bird or whatever you want to call it um, and multiple worrying about my children walking in the spirit is Jesus help me I don't you know help my unbelief I don't believe right now I'm having a hard time with certain you know there's things in my life that I'm not, especially with my destiny it's like Lord what's going on 
okay, I trust you. You know, that's, that's part of walking in the Holy Spirit and, and then allowing Him to change me. And even though when I don't feel the change. Um, next slide. So what can you take to heaven? So these are two things you could definitely take to heaven. Souls. Well, you can win and disciple people that will go to heaven. We could take people to heaven with us. I mean, granted, we can't take them when we die, but when they die, they're going to go, right? So we could, take, we could take others to heaven. And then two, your intimacy with God here uh, on earth is your starting point in heaven. So where we, where we the, the, intimacy, the, inti- the level of intimacy that we are in understanding who God is, the knowledge of God um, here on earth is where we will start off in heaven. Um, so people like, you know, that uh, I would say like Billy Graham, um, or even other people that we've never heard of that served their whole lives and uh, sought, you know, prayed and prayed and, and, and no one knew their name because they were in a closet their whole life praying for us or whoever. Um, they're going to start off at that level of intimacy that they left the earth with when they get to heaven. And they're also their understanding and the knowledge of God. Granted, we will have new bodies. We'll, we'll be able to think, I'm sure, to a greater capacity. I don't know if it'll be called thinking then. Um, but I know that, you know, we'll... Uh, we're, we're going to start off there. So I want to get as close to him as I can. Because um, I want to you know, know him deep in heaven, you know. Um, something pretty cool, just talking about heaven. And this is just a side note. This is just a little commercial. Um, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Is we get new bodies in heaven. But God loved us so much. And Jesus loved us so much. Holy Spirit loves us so much. That when, 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 uh, when Jesus is, is mentioned in Revelation by John in heaven he says I see a man seated at the right hand of the father so my you know by deciphering that I get that Jesus for all of eternity will be as a human he'll, he'll have a human body and we get new bodies but he loved us so much he wanted to look like us and I just think that's amazing like I mean that's crazy what you know dude become fire or something cool you know but he's like no I love you enough I want to be cool like you you know, or whatever. Cool. I just say cool. It's my, you know, it's my age kind of <laughs> culture, whatever. Uh, <laughs> next slide, please. Conclusion. Um, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are the greatest treasure because we were created for this one thing, to know Him forever. One trillion years from now. Um, I was talking to Pastor Jared yesterday, and I'm like, man, I'm having a hard time putting this message together. And, you know, I've done the studying and I'm like having a hard time and I'm thinking about what the greatest treasure is and it's kind of a no-brainer. It's like, well, Jesus is the greatest treasure, you know, like um, David talked about him, you know, Paul talked about him. Um, and we see him through the lives of others around us, you know, people that you know that have been drastically, dramatically changed. My dad being one of them. I remember he would go, I remember he used to take me to buy marijuana and uh, dad, if you're listening to this, um, I love you and I forgive you and I don't hold it against you. But I remember that happening and I look at my dad now and he's like a totally different person. I am who I am because of him. You know? And if you, uh, if you think I'm okay then, you know, he's cooler than I am. <laughs> um, and other people. Um, but I was like, you know, in my heart my treasure right now is being successful at business and, and um, educating myself on these things that I'm studying and whatnot. And also my family is my treasure. And it was like the Holy Spirit just put his finger on it and said, yeah, that's why you're having problems right now. Because I'm not your treasure. I'm an assistant to getting those things. And it was like, ah, oh, all right, you got me. <laughs> um, 
so can you help me now get back in alignment because you know it's, it's easy to say well get in alignment or you know get we'll fix it well okay well I'll fix it right now no it's it's, it's a process and it's, it's not easy I'm gonna have to retrain my thinking um, but I'm always I'm always changing and I think we should always be changing for the glory of God I think that's um, in, in talking about that book A.W. Tozer last time I was up here the, the knowledge of the holy he talks about God being unchanging forever the same um, but yet and, and, and for God to change would be ungodly but for us change is a gift from God and it's, it's how we, we become more like him um, and so I think uh, five years from now I won't be the same person and I pray that you won't and that you let him change you and, uh, and that he becomes our treasure and that we don't store up treasures on, on earth but that we store them up in heaven um, and I think part of storing up treasures in heaven is seeking out those things on earth that God's put in your heart to do um, like my friends that you know built a church and the other guy that said I just I, I just did you know I put my whole heart into it and God blessed it um, uh, it doesn't all mean we're all going to become millionaires you know um, but it does mean that we're all called to pursue whatever it is that God put in our heart um, and let, it, let him change us and uh, it's not it's not easy, but it, it happens, and it, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful process. And then being in the midst of it right now, and kind of in the wine press of it, the, more of the squeeze part, I can tell you, um, I know he's doing something, and that encourages me. Uh, I don't feel the greatest all the time. I don't see it all the time, but I know that it's it's him that is 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 you know squeezing the wine out of me, and uh, uh, or or you know like you know throwing gold burning gold you know the, the 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 impurities rise to the top you wipe it and boil it again the impurities rise to the top and that's how you get pure gold uh, but you got to heat the gold up to do it so with that said um is there another slide i think one more is that it okay um i believe that uh and i want to just pray over everyone in a minute but i believe that at birth God imparts in us all the seeds and the giftings and the, and the things that he destined us to do have been in us since birth. And I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, I, before coming here, I worked at a, a couple schools. Um, and, I, and I would, man, I, I would see these things coming out of the, you know, from elementary to high school kids. And I just thought, man, I see it in them. Okay, I see it in me. And it was just kind of a revelation that came to me. Um, and so I, I, just going back to the acorn thing, I believe that everything you need in life to be successful is already in you. Um, God just pulls it out of us as we're growing, kind of like the gold. He's, you know, gold has everything in it to be gold. There's just impurities there, so it's not pure gold. Uh, and so I believe we all have everything we need to be successful in this life, to, to, to do what Jesus said, to not worry, to pursue the kingdom, to you know, fulfill the scriptures, fulfill the law. Um, by His grace and His mercy and by Him pulling stuff out of us. So I encourage you today to, you know, it might be a hard time in your life, it may be a great time in your life, but continue to let him pull things out of you because he's doing it for a reason and for a purpose, and uh, it's a good thing. Um, you can't have uh, passion without pain, and you can't have pain without passion. It's kind of like giving birth. You know, you're excited to have the baby, and it's an amazing thing, but you've got to go through the pain to get it. And it's the same way uh, through life. You know, the, the, the seed has to break in order for the, for the thing to grow. You know, uh, you think about everything in life is like that, a lot of things. That, that grow into something better. Butterfly, cocoon, you know, all these different things. So anyways, I just encourage you today to give your passions to him. Give him your, make him your treasure. If you don't know what that means, ask him. Help me, make, help me to make you my treasure. I don't get it. Um, 
I'll end with this. I remember as a kid, I told my mom on the way home from church one night, I said, Mama, I don't know how I'm going to love you more than God, or more, love God more than you, because they taught me tonight I was supposed to love God more than you, but I don't know how to love Him more than you, because I love you more than anybody. And uh, I remember she, she got teary-eyed and looked at me, and um, she said, It's okay, mijo. God's going to teach you how to love Him more. And I look back on my life now, and I realize He did teach me. And now I'm at a point where I do love Him more than I love my mom. I love my mom more than, you know, it's my mom, but... I love him more. And it was a process. Uh, and I didn't get what she said. I thought, what? She's as crazy as them in class, you know? <laughs> but um, anyways, it's a process. So let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for today. Um, and I, I, just, I just release your blessing and your plans and your purposes according to Jeremiah 29, 11. God, that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. I release that over everyone in this room today, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to continue to work in our lives, to become more real to us. You are a real person. Forgive us for not recognizing you more often. And Lord, we ask that you just continue to change us. And may we be more like you, Jesus. Um, just like uh, uh, your word says, God, more of you, less of me. Um, and may we walk with you more and more, Jesus, every day, Lord. Uh, give us a wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. We love you. And uh, we thank you. Teach us to love each other even more uh, based off of your love, God. To love each other like you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Pastor Jared didn't come up.
I can never really gauge how it. Did she? Yeah. 